I think that not only if you want to travel the world, house sitting is perfect if you want to save for a home and you don't want to live with your parents. <laughs> I've had a few friends say that to me. They go, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. I don't have to live at home anymore and I can afford a house. <laughs> Welcome to More Than Money with your host, Ross Murray. This episode of More Than Money is brought to you by More Time Financial a financial planning company who are on a mission to help young Australians make smarter decisions with money by providing real-life financial advice, coaching and financial education. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Ross Murray. On today's episode, I have a guest interview for you and my guests are Britt and Jay, or better known as the Travelling House Sitters on Instagram. So this conversation came about when Britt reached out to me at the start of 2020 to see if I would be interested in having her and Jay on the podcast. And she explained a bit more about their story and what they've been up to. And after doing a bit of research and finding out a bit more about them, I just knew straight away that they were a perfect fit for this podcast and the story that I had to share. So you'll hear throughout this episode what house sitters do or what house sitters are and probably better termed in their situation pet sitters and i won't go into too much detail in the intro i'll let brett and jay explain more about it because it's a really really unique story what makes this podcast even more special is the fact that jay and the i guess the main reason why this podcast audio is a little bit shaky jay was actually recording this while on a house sitting slash pet sitting assignment in the Caribbean, which is pretty, pretty cool. And what makes their story unique is that it combines a number of different areas that I'm passionate about. So number one, the fact that they've been able to travel the world while saving money and working remotely. So in the past five years, they've traveled to over 14 different countries and looked after about 90 pets in that time. So you you might be a bit confused about what exactly we're talking about, traveling, looking after pets. I'm sure it'd be worth your while to stay stay tuned and listen throughout this episode to hear more about their story and how they've been able to travel the world and save money at the same time. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, My name's Brittany. I'm a freelance web designer. Me and my partner, Jay, also have lead generation sites. And I was working at a HR manager, but we made a transition about three years ago. That's what we're doing now. And your age, age, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, sorry. I'm 30. But how about you, Jay? Okay, so my name's Jay McKinley. Um, I'm also like a web designer. Um, previous to doing that, I was a content writer for a, for a company in the UK. And I'm also... Th- <laughs> It's a little bit, little bit shaky. All right, we'll we'll see, we'll see how we go. Maybe, maybe to give everyone a little bit of context, um, why this recording may be a little bit, a little bit shaky. Where are you currently calling in from, Jay? Um, I'm currently in the Caribbean on the um, in a country called Grenada, um, but I'm about two and a half to three hours north of the main island of Grenada on the little islands called Caracoom. And I'm house or boat sitting. I'm a catamaran and looking after a cat for um, the last few months. Completely normal, obviously. 
thing to be <laughs> thing to be doing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, apologies for any bad internet connection, but I'm doing the best I can out here. And Brittany, where are you currently at the moment? I'm currently in Melbourne. So I grew up here, but uh, me and Jay parted ways when we were back in Greece. So I think last time we saw each other was in November. Okay. And I assume voluntarily went your separate ways, not you're not having a fight or anything at the moment. <laughs> no, I think it was eight months in a camper van and yeah. I'd already promised mum and dad to come home for Christmas and Jay was really keen on being on the boat. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, now, so I told my family I'll be back for Christmas as well and then between saying I'll be back for Christmas and Christmas, this opportunity came up so I kind of couldn't really say no. Understandably. Understandably. Yeah, so... The family was wasn't too mad about that, so so I'm all right. Okay. <laughs> now, obviously, pretty um, pretty excited to have you both on on the podcast, Brittany. You reached out a little while ago with what you guys are currently up to, what you have been up to for the last little while, and pretty interesting story. So, as I said, pretty pretty excited to have you both on. Do you want to maybe just give the listeners a little bit of context of why you're in Melbourne and Jay, why you're house sitting a cat on a catamaran <laughs> how, how like what what are you what are you doing like what are you doing what are you, what are you up to and, and yeah how's this all come about um well it came about um we started house sitting when we were living in london about three and a half four years ago we started it because one of brit's friends was looking after a place in london and we'd never heard of house sitting before so we we're like oh this is this is quite cool you know, she had this really cool house in a nice part of London. We're like, since we like traveling, we're always looking for things to kind of make that easier and make us be able to do it for a lot longer. So we, after Brit's friends was kind of doing it, we started doing some research about it and ended up doing a couple of house sits in London while we were living there just to see if we liked it and to build up some references. And then from there, um, we just kind of decided to, jump in the deep end and try and house it full time. So you were you were living in, in London, like doing what I assume most people do where they go there for the two years or so. Um, yeah, exactly. And instead of spending stupid amounts of money on rent, you started house sitting? Is that how it kind of came about? Um, well, for the last six months we're living in London, that was the case. Okay. Um, after, after that, we moved to Dublin and in Dublin we didn't realize how expensive rent was there and how hard sort of the rental system is there. So in Dublin, we actually lived there for eight months um, after London and we we're house sitting there the whole time. So that's really when we sort of started to notice like the big savings and sort of the big bonuses to house sitting. And for anyone that kind of doesn't know, obviously the name's pretty self-explanatory, but what is like house sitting? Like what, what, what do you mean by house house sitting so essentially um the homeowner will be going away on holiday or away for work or just away from the home and you know nine times out of ten they're going to have like cats or dogs or turtles or birds or some sort of animal that needs looking after while they're away yep so we come in uh, we live in the house while the homeowner's not there and we take care of like the day-to-day running of the house and just making sure it's safe and look after any animals that that they might have. And what is the, the exchange there that you look after them in exchange for not having to pay 
rent and then obviously the benefit for them being they don't have to pay for someone, they don't have to pay for a, somewhere to store their pets while you're away or while they're away. Yeah, so yeah, our, our biggest perk is definitely not paying rent or any kind of bills that come along with, with renting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then the homeowner doesn't need to you know put their cat or dog into a animal hotel, which yeah. you know, can can be good, but generally you know, it's a lot better if we can come into the home and you know the animals in the same environment that it's used to, and you know the same walk and the same everything. So it's a lot better for the animal as well. And yeah, of course the homeowner saves a lot of money on on those expenses too. So what to give us a bit of a, a kind of timeline? You said you're in London, then you went to Ireland. Were you working in your current jobs at that stage or did you have kind of different different jobs when you're over there now soon and oh you go Britain. <laughs> i was just gonna say that's probably where we both kind of transitioned into working freelance because when we left ireland we knew we wanted to go to chiang mai and live there for a little while and we're also heading back to new zealand for a few weddings and then back to australia for a few weddings so we knew we had a bit of in between, in between periods where we kind of wanted to start freelancing. So that's when we kind of really looked into it and started our journey being able to be remote workers, which kind of fits in really well with house sitting because you can be constantly moving around and we don't have to be in a specific city to be working. All of our work is online. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we went from uh, Dublin and then we lived in Chiang Mai for about three months. And then we came back to Melbourne, or back to New Zealand for a month, a little bit of house sitting there, or Jay's sister got married. And then we moved back to Melbourne and we house sat here for a month. So it's not just always like jetting around the world, you can house sit in a city. So we didn't really have any troubles lining up house sits for the year. And we spent that year kind of saving up because we knew we wanted to go back to Europe. We really kind of, even though we lived in London for two years, we still missed a few places we wanted to go to. So we, uh, start of last year we headed kind of we went to I met Jay because he was house sitting in Malaysia then we went to India and then we bought our camper van in the UK and then we spent all of last year house sitting around the UK oh sorry not only here around Europe so yeah (laughs) so what what was the kind of was it Ireland that you realized that you could potentially do this on a, a longer term basis or was it kind of a little bit time after that where you realized that it's actually this is actually a thing i think it was definitely ireland i think dublin has a big problem at the moment i think they have because of their low um tax rates there's a lot of companies there yeah this is a real the private rental market there is impossible like we we thought london was expensive but like dublin was almost double the price double than double than london yeah way more expensive holy shit and that's even if they would take a couple no one wanted to take a couple so or you'd go there as a couple and they would double the price again yeah, because literally. you're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So we ended up, that's when we kind of, we looked into housing a little more seriously then and we ended up, an Australian couple um, booked us for a month and we had no idea about Dublin and when we arrived there, the husband took us for a bit of a drive around the suburb they lived in he's like, oh, Bono from U2 just lives here. And Anya lives here. And so we didn't realise that we were like probably in the most affluent suburb of Dublin. And then we just we managed to just get another one after that, which was two months 
and then the next one was a month. So that's when we started to realize where I like we could actually just keep doing this on and on and on. A little bit of a, a I suppose, a deviation from the, from the house sitting, but in regards to your your businesses, was or being freelance, was it there in Ireland that you said you decided to start working freelance? Was that that kind of happened at the same time? Yeah. Okay. That definitely happened then, yeah, because we knew we kind of had a lot of uh, moving about after Ireland. Yeah. We wouldn't be kind of in the one city to take another job because we only had a year of visa there, so we kind of had to move on. Okay. And that's when we transitioned. All right. Well, I might, might come back to that a bit later because I think that's, that's quite an interesting point, as you said, that being freelance and house-sitting is just like a, a win-win, mm-hmm. like obviously a, a perfect combination. Yeah. Um, so in regards to, to house sitting, you said you got, you got booked, like, what do you mean by that? How do, how do people find you? How, do, how does this actually, how does this kind of relationship happen with you and the, the people that need the house sitters? Uh, well, there's a few different options. There's a few sites where, um, the homeowner pays so they, and then the, the site would then take percentage and then the, uh, house sitter gets paid. And then there's a few options where it's totally free. And we mainly use that one, which is called Trusted House Sitters. And you just make yourself a profile on there and people then the homeowners will put up an advert and you just need to reply. And we usually have a quick Skype call with them and that's how they kind of it gets locked in. Okay. And it do you do you need to pay as a as the house sitters? Yeah, so to use the platform you pay, and I think Trusted House of this is like the more expensive one, but we find it probably gives you the most options worldwide. There are like more country-specific housing websites. So like in Australia, there's a few you can use, and there's a few in Europe that are a little bit better to use for those. Like like France has some really good, really good ones to use. But you do, I think it's about $100 for the year to sign up, but we find that that $100 like literally... You can't even get an you can't even get an Airbnb like in London probably for two nights for a hundred dollars. So it kind of works out well. Yeah, that's amazing. And is there a lot of is there a lot of people doing doing this that you that you're aware of? Um, I found this year back in Melbourne there is a lot more people doing it. But even though I speak to people about it and they still haven't even heard of the concept before. Like, oh, I'd love to do that for my animals. I've never even thought of that. I've always had to, like, beg friends and family to look after them or have to put them into a kennel. So yeah. I think people are learning more and more about it. What? So how long has it, it been? So when you first first left Ireland, to how, how long ago was that? Uh, Jay, when was that? <laughs> um, so it's been about coming up on three and a half years now. Okay. And so it's been, it's been a good sort of fun journey along the way i've stayed in some cool places and had some really cool animals so it's been like a lot of fun last so in the last three and a half years what would you say the percentage of time you've spent house sitting versus normal travel paying to travel i would say like at least 70 30 house sitting jesus i think we did we had two months in chiang mai and then we spent a month traveling around um, India. And then, yeah, probably I forgot that 70, 30, maybe even less. Yeah, maybe even more. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. maybe 85, 15 or something. Yeah, we okay. We do do a lot of our time house sitting and it's, 
it's a little bit easier for us to match them up since we are a couple. Yep. Like I know some people do struggle, you know, with like gaps or overlaps, but as a couple, you know, it's a lot easier for us. And when we had our camper van in Europe as well, like we would give ourselves, you know, a few days or a week between each house that so we could um, you know, see like see the area that we're in and then make it to the next house set. Yep. So yeah, there is definitely ways of being able to line things up perfectly or have the option to not if you kind of don't want to yeah yeah without without the camper van that would have been a lot harder it's 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 such an interesting way to to travel because obviously for and if, if you're lucky to do that that way whereas i guess most people it's two weeks two weeks of the year or three weeks of the year that they're allowed to have off from their they're not their nine to five jobs and then they are so tired from working the entire year that they just want to go and sit on a beach or drink a cocktail and 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 that's their <laughs> that's their idea of a holiday which which is fine I guess but it's I suppose there's not much adventure or there's not much kind of sightseeing that gets gets thrown in there so what would what would you guys say to that that the biggest benefits of of doing this um obviously we can come to the financial side in a second but yeah for for you guys what's been the biggest benefit of of traveling this way um for us i would say that it's been able to spend like longer lengths of time in places and when you do that you kind of get to see a place in a completely different light like say you go you know to like we house sat in rome for five weeks i think it was and like we got to know the homeowner quite well and he gave us all his like local places to go, which, you know, as like a general tourist there for a week or a weekend, you wouldn't get. Yeah. And like, as well, like even just going to like the Colosseum and um, all the cathedrals and stuff, like we did it over weeks that was, you know, quite leisurely and would pick days that it wasn't very busy and, like for us, it's just a lot of a you know, better, slow way of traveling and getting to know a place. Definitely get to immerse yourself in the culture and get to meet people and find your favorite cafe and your favorite bakeries and the best markets to go to. You're not in a rush the whole time, which is quite nice. Yeah. Don't feel like you have to fit it all in in your week. Yeah, there's it was, it was a concept that I'd heard, heard of just recently, like they call it slow travel, um, which obviously you just mentioned there, like a quite... I quite like that way of putting it where it's, yeah, you can take your time. You don't, you don't have to go to the Colosseum on your one day that you're there in Rome. Yeah, you, can, you, don't, have to, you don't have to punish yourself because some of the days when we were there was 38 and we like, we'd maybe leave the house for a few hours in the morning and you'd see people trudging around all day and it was so nice to know we could go home and then go see that <laughs> maybe, go see that site next week if we wanted to. Tell us that we've got to meet a lot of really interesting people. Like Jay said, the guy in Rome, he gave us all his like favorite places to go, and then we just finished one up in um, in Greece, and they were such lovely people. They asked us to stay on um, once they were home, which we don't often do, but they were so insistent they wanted us to stay for their um, traditional Sunday lunch. <laughs> and she she got us in the kitchen, and she was showing us how to make her uh, Greek potatoes, her stuffed uh, tomatoes, and her dolmati and masaka. <laughs> That's and awesome. she had she had us writing notes, and then her husband he was so excited to barbecue for us, and then they had all their friends and family around, so we got to meet all them, and it was just, it's just like a lovely way to meet people as well. That uh, that experience alone, like cooking, like people would pay hundreds of dollars for that, yeah. and you're essentially like getting paid to do that almost. <laughs> 
So yeah, it, no, yeah, it's also like, and now like lifelong friends, they want to come to Melbourne now um, and meet my family. Yeah. And yeah, it is like you're saying, it's like experiences you couldn't, you could pay for, but I just, it's an incredible way to have them. Yeah, like it wouldn't be as authentic if you were paying for that kind of thing. Like it all just happens like yeah. so organically. organically yeah. like, like we're learning stuff about the local area and like the guy was big into um, producing his own honey and olive oil. So yeah. like we're learning all about that kind of stuff and like sampling everything. Like it was really cool. Yeah, and he makes his own wine. So like, and he was just kept filling up. Here. They had make their own spirits. So we just kept filling our drinks up. And he's like, man, he comes out with his, his big barrel of honey and his big barrel of oil. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess like for me that the closest I've got to something like that was we went traveling through Europe and we stayed in an Airbnb and there was a, a lady that stayed on site and she was a local uh, lady in, in Portugal and she kind of showed us around and took us to little local places and it was like I suppose you've gone the next step from, from that but that was kind of that step from right, staying in a hotel is nice but you don't really get to experience the culture. Whereas we stayed in this Airbnb, like lady took us everywhere. And that was just like an awesome way to see a city. So then like, what you guys have done is even, I guess the, the, the next step from that. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. Definitely um, a fun way to travel. Yeah. Sounds it. I guess on the, on the flip side of that, um, is there any negatives or, or cons for traveling, traveling this way? If there is any. Um, I think like it wouldn't be so much a con, but it's something that you, not a lot of people could do. And it's like, we only take carry on. So we don't have a lot of things with us. Um, like we love it. Like we're really used to that now, but to start with, that was a bit of a con, like just having you know a backpack and a smaller bag to take. Like that got, that took a while to get used to, but. Well, um, I, think this, I think to start with, you did have suitcases, but you realize unpacking and repacking a suitcase every three or four weeks is quite hard work especially when we're in melbourne as well we're constantly moving so you do kind of start to learn what you do and don't need and again just obviously some some context for anyone listening like i just got back from the the month living in in bali and that was actually a really interesting point for me and my partner as well where you just could you could you don't have it you just don't use it. So we yeah. we came back and like looked at it, both looked at our wardrobes, which is like, what the hell? Like, why, <laughs> why why have we got all these things? We just didn't need them for the last month. Like, what do like what do we need? Twelve pairs of shoes for? Like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting. And, and, and if you need it, you just you like can buy it on the go. Sorry, just say that again. I was just going to say, if you do need something, you can just buy it on the go. Yeah, you don't need to carry everything from place to place. Yeah, like I buy, like I buy bikes and like skateboards and things like that along the way if we're going to be somewhere for a while. And then what? Just sell it, sell it else. back. So yeah. like, if you do need stuff, there's always you know places you can get stuff if you really need it. What What's been some of the the misconceptions about what you guys are doing when you tell friends or family or um, yeah people that you meet along the way? Um, I'd say most people think that we get paid to do this. So a lot of people just think that we kind of, you know, hang out and pat cats and play with dogs all day and get paid for that. I would say that's the biggest thing that people kind of get wrong about what we do. Um, I think there's like another level of care. A lot of people that um, kind of we house it for have older animals. And they do require a lot, like a lot of medication. Like we've had cats on Prozac, 
the last dog I had, he was on uh, opioids, like all different things. And I, I think that there is a lot of um, care for some animals that they need. Okay. So you do you do spend a lot of time looking after them. And what percentage of of that, like the actual care for the animals, is, that takes up like your day? Like, is it a is it an inconvenience to have to look after? those those animals like obviously you're not like as you said jay you're not kind of spending your entire time on holiday like you're not kind of yeah working and yeah looking after animals like it's i assume it's not all 100 percent leisure time while you're while you're there no so like normally like we'll walk a dog um you know in the morning and night normally you know it's an hour or so each time um but other than that it's normally just you know some animals need some medication or you know something sort of along those lines i looked after uh three cats in thailand at the start of last year and one of them needed to go to the vet every day to get fed so that was so that was like an hour and a half kind of of my day but i looked like that that'll be the most extreme sort of case that we've had Okay. Other than just walking, you know, walking dogs, but we enjoy that. Like it's a good way to see a new area, getting out every day and walking a dog, checking out the parks and all of that. And I also think that some homeowners, uh, they also work from home or retired, so their animals are used to having someone around the home most yep. of the day. So I think that's what a lot of homeowners like about us because we are about with the animals, keeping them company, making sure they're okay. But like Jay was saying, like the best way to see an area is to head out for a walk and it does kind of make you feel like you're really getting to know a place when you can start to find your favourite, you know, walking tracks. And I'm as a, where I'm housing at the moment, it's just on the beach, so I uh, can take the dogs out for a walk on the beach each morning. What's What's been the um, the least amount of work, like I suppose from an animal perspective? Like, what's some, have you had to look after, like a goldfish or something, or like mm. something that's requ- <laughs> required next to no care? That was almost like this this can't this can't be happening we can't be getting free rent for this <laughs> you do see houses do come up where there's no animals like some people just want the security knowing someone's in the home yeah but we, we actually haven't done any of those before i mean the easiest one i've ever had ever, i had a cat who doesn't like using a litter box so it just goes outside <laughs> and i literally see him at maybe i think it's 5 30 comes in the hours that he wants he wants to eat and then yep. eat and just don't see him again. So he's quite easy. You go, sorry. Looking after the on the catamaran is very similar. Like, yeah, the cat just hangs out with me most of the day. I empty its litter box, and that's it. So that like it's this one's really nice and easy. So do you like? I know you you call yourselves the traveling house sitters, but would it be probably more appropriate to be call it pet sitting? Like, would that me explain it a bit easier for most people? Yeah, I reckon that could be a good one to kind of uh, look into giving as well, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> because the, like when I, when I, I guess they're talking about the misconceptions, like when I ha- hear house sitting, I don't automatically think that there's a pet involved. I just think that, yeah, I want someone to come look after my house or I'm away. Um, but it makes so much more sense that when there's a pet involved that that's why people need it. Like that's the, there's the need for it, I guess. Why can we try and get that domain as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good one to have too, actually. <laughs> I don't know if, if this, where you're at at the moment, Jay, is the most unique kind of house-sitting situation you've had, but has there, what, what's on the, the top of the list, that the places you've travelled or the, the, the situations you guys have been in so far? The most unique one's definitely the one that I'm on at the moment. 
Um, like I've never sort of spent this much time um, here on like an anchored boat before. So this one's been a really cool out there one. And I've also never been to this part of the world before too. So it's always good to get, get us in a new area. Um, and what about you, bro? What? Uh, sorry, I might just, just touch on that one. So did this, the one you're on at the moment, you're, you're on a catamaran looking after a cat. Like, how, did this just come about on the normal website that you were on or did this person find you or? No, so this person emailed us through, we have our own website just advertising sort of our services and she found us um, just through Google and emailed us. So that's one of the first times that someone's emailed us um, about something that's actually turned into like a really good house sitting opportunity. Like yeah. a lot of the time it doesn't quite work out or it's in different areas, but yeah, this one worked out really well. So it, with, with in that regard, like obviously when you're on the other websites where it's both people are there, like you're trying to find a place to house it, they're trying to find someone to come and look after their pets. Whereas in this case, they've reached out to you like wanting your services. Like do you, is it still, does it still work the same that, you just come there and stay there for free? Like, do you just pay your own flights or is there kind of a, some sort of agreement there? Um, so for this one, like we, we wrote up a contract and um, you have all of that side sorted out. But in terms of getting here, like I made my own way here. Yep. And once I'm here, um, you know, this, she doesn't pay me or anything like that. But... Um, yeah, it's basically there's free accommodation on the boat. She provides all the food for the cat and you know, everything the cat needs. And so the, the where you're at the moment, you, you say you are you are anchored. So in terms of getting food and things, are you, you you are I assume just can just go get on and off the boat whenever you need to, and just go and do what you need to do. Yeah, so I'm anchored about 200 meters from the beach, but I've got. Um, I have a kayak and like a little tender, so yeah, I can I could go into the shore every day and like go for runs and go to the supermarket and everything. So it's it's not like I'm trapped on like a little a little island. And yeah, how how about for you for you, Britt? What's been the the highlight or the best place you've travelled to so far? I would definitely have to say Greece. We okay. um the house that we did was about about half an hour outside of Athens. And just on the coast, so it was like a little coastal town, kind of felt like you're on a Greek island. And what happened was the uh, homeowners had to come back home halfway through. So we got to meet them then. So that's when we kind of uh, developed a relationship with them because they, we got to know them for a day or two and then they head off. They had to head off again on their next part of their trip. So I think that was the most unique one, getting to spend a bit more time with the homeowner and then staying on at the end and meeting their friends and family and learning so much from them that was probably my favorite and and that in that scenario that doesn't like the agreement is that you're there for a certain amount of time so the fact that they came home early like it didn't really didn't really matter they were flexible enough to just have you continue to stay there yeah well that's kind of the first time it's ever happened to us they uh what they were doing half their trip got cancelled so okay. they came home and i guess like things like that just happen so we just, they said, we definitely want you to stay on. Um, we're only going to be here for a night or two, um, but we're going to head away again. And yeah. they were really lovely and we got on really well. But I think there's kind of, those kind of situations come up and I know there's not much you can really say, like, 
you know, your house sitting, but if they need to come home for any reason, it's no yeah. with us. I guess like all this sounds like an awesome way to, to travel and, and see the world barring people that hate animals it sounds like it sounds like a pretty pretty cool way to do it so like any any tips that you'd give people that to want to start doing this and get yeah start traveling for for free essentially Uh, i think that um probably the best tip is to maybe what you want to do really is start building your references because it's kind of like when you start your first job no one really wants to take a chance on you because you don't really have any prior experiences or anyone they can contact to see what your experience is like. So the best time to really get started is holidays. We find at Christmas and Easter, there's heaps and heaps and heaps of positions available. So try try locking in one of those. Start building up your references and your profile because that's what's really going to make you stand out from other people applying. Now, obviously, we do like to, to talk about finances and, and money, which is obviously... A- for most people, it's a taboo, taboo topic. So feel feel free to disclose what you, you want here. But I'm very curious to know if you had travelled, maybe not to this level of detail, but trying to get an understanding of if you had travelled to the places you had travelled to versus what you've done, what, what do you think you've saved or been able to save over the, the last kind of three and a half years of, of travelling this way? I think we've kind of estimated it around $40,000 just from not paying rent, but then also all the places we've stayed in. We've spent a month in France, a month in Greece, the uh, six weeks we had in Rome. But not only that, we've um, also been starting our business. So it's kind of given us that little bit of breathing room to not have to worry about those bills to coming in. And yep. also kind of let us really build on what we're doing. So when, like, when was the last time you physically paid like paid rent that like in an in a normal context of like a weekly rent say maybe we we did have a month of rent in dublin okay and then we spent we had what if we call it rent we had our three months over in chiang mai so we would have had we paid rent then so chiang mai is the last time we paid rent which is probably three years ago <laughs> so not paying rent for the last three years yeah that's it's pretty awesome. It's mind-boggling to think about. Yeah, it is. Really. <laughs> it, it it really is. Well, we had some friends um, who were living in Brisbane, and they really, really wanted to go travel Europe. And they both just said, "We're in too much debt. We can't do it." And they came down and visited us in Melbourne, and they went back to Brisbane, house sat for the year, and now they're they're actually living in the French Alps. They bought themselves a camper van. They managed to get themselves out of the debt they were in and head overseas. Yeah. So they're pretty happy with what they're doing, I think. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I guess there'd probably be some some sceptical people listening to this, like maybe talking about the, the negatives and, and living out of a backpack, not having that physical base, to call, I guess, to call your home. Like how's that? How have you found that? process i think because before we started house sitting like we'd both traveled quite a bit and kind of followed snow seasons around so like we're more or less kind of fairly used to being on the move and kind of packing and unpacking yeah so this is kind of a little bit more of like an extreme version of that but very similar so it wasn't too much of a shock for us i think for some people it would be hard because you just don't get to have your favorite some favorite things that you just sometimes you can't take with you like 
some people have kitchen appliances they said they couldn't live without and just different <laughs> things like that or their favorite pillow or their favorite doona sometimes yeah. you just have to give up on or we have to give up on those kind of things <laughs> So I'm do saying you, that I do really miss my neutral bullet right now. <laughs> your neutral bullet. <laughs> so do you do you have uh, things in storage? Like, do you have kind of furniture and things that that you own, or is it literally life in your life's in a backpack at the moment? Life's in a backpack, and I've also got some things in my parents' house, but we don't. Okay. We are we don't have any furniture or anything like that. So would you? Were you before this? Like before you, I guess, moved to, to London and, and things like that, did you have uh, a place of your own? Did you have possessions or were you still living at home at that stage? Uh, well, both, well, this is where me and Jane met. We were actually living in Jindabyne down um, in the Snowy Mountains. Yep. So we've both kind of been chasing winters from Canada to Australia for about three or four years. So we both didn't have any kind of any homely possessions at that point either because we were just kind of in and out of rental places. I suppose that's probably a, a, a positive that you haven't, I guess it'd be a, a, a less of a shock for you as opposed to someone who maybe has a house and a car yeah. and <laughs> all these things that they need to get rid of to, in order to do this where yeah, you've gone kind of, you haven't really had it any other way, I guess, for the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand our way of life like that. Like they think it's weird that we don't have all these homely positions. And yeah, like it's just something that we haven't really I don't know hasn't really affected us too much has it no I, I suppose it's just a different way of of spending your money or spending spending your time on rather than accumulating things you're you're spending it on experiences and and what you maybe don't spend on a couch or new clothes and things you're obviously spending on on travel mm-hmm. and and airlines to get places yeah, and that, and just kind of using that extra money to invest into our business and what we're doing, which we see kind of like building on that's better than filling out a house up with stuff sometimes. But I think we're really enjoying this way of life at the moment. Would you would you call yourselves like minimalists, or like were you that way inclined previously? I don't think we were until we realised how hard it was to pack everything. <laughs> and now in Christmas time, mum's like, like, what clothes do you want? What do you want? And I was like, no, I really have to love something to want to lug it from place to place. I'm like, don't buy me anything. I've got to love it myself. That's a, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, so has, has it just become more refined over the last three years of the things that you actually need and just slowly just cut back? Yeah, definitely. But there are some things I can't give up. I can't give up my Ugg boots or <laughs> my keyboard. <laughs> I just carry those things with me. That's, uh, keyboard's a good point, actually. We, yeah. I, just, I just took my normal keyboard that I have in my office um, when I went to, went to Bali and realised that was a bit of a pain because it's a bit bigger than, bit bigger than usual. So putting it in a backpack every day to take to the office was a bit of a pain. So. And when it's like sticking out of your bag, someone's like, why the hell are they like yeah. lugging their keyboard around? But So key- keyboard recommendations, what, are you, what have you got? Um, I've just got a little wireless one. I don't think it's even brand. I think I got it off eBay a few years ago, but it's managed to last a few countries now. I always am very surprised when I get it out of my big backpack that it hasn't snapped in half. Yeah, okay. And for you, Jay, besides the, the Nutribullet, anything else you can't, can't travel or live without? Um, I'm not so bad. Um, 
I do miss having like I like to like skate or cycle or do something. Yeah. So that can be a bit difficult sometimes. Um, but other than that, like sort of positions wise, not really. Like I threw a lot of things out or sort of gave a lot of things away when we left London. And it just felt really good getting rid of everything that, you know, I don't need every day. I'm surprised you didn't say you're slow cooker, Jay. <laughs> no, that would, I know maybe, you miss that. <laughs> that would be that would be a pain to travel with. Oh god, can you imagine? Oh, I wouldn't make it anywhere. Yeah. There's your ten kilos done dusted. <laughs> um, I, like I know you said around about the forty thousand dollar mark of of what you think you've saved um, in the in this process. Would that would that be looking at things like obviously you don't have a car, so you're not paying. Rego, you're not paying insurances. Like, would that be included in that that figure? You think? I don't. I don't think we've actually put transport in there, but we kind of were looking at it as in uh, rent, and then the places we've also stayed as well. So yeah. There are things like transport, and then a lot of the times the house sits are quite central, so you don't really need a car, which is quite nice. Especially when we're in somewhere like Rome, we'll, we could walk everywhere. The owners of the house, do they usually leave cars if, if you need one? Like, or if, if you're in a place to, to have a car? Uh, some, like every kind of um, little write-up is different. Some people will offer a car, some won't. Okay. It is more common in kind of in rural Europe, people will offer a car. But nowhere in Australia have we been offered one. I probably wouldn't be too comfortable taking it. So what, what are your, I guess, your fixed living expenses while, while you're doing this? Like what, what do you guys pay for on a, on a regular basis? Pretty much just food. <laughs> yeah. And then we just have our business costs. So anything related to what we're doing online, yeah, food and, food and then our costs for our business pretty much. So you – and okay. – your flights as well, like obviously going oh, yeah. in between places. Yeah. So not only have you not paid rent for the last three years, you also haven't paid for electricity, insurance, like home insurance, <laughs> car rego. No Wi-Fi. <laughs> Why no Wi-Fi? No, sorry, no internet. Unpaid internet. <laughs> no unpaid internet. That's yeah. That's quite a that's quite a saving. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's quite amazing. What? How do you guys currently make money? I know you said you're both freelance. So what what does that what does that look like? What what do you actually do um, to to make an income at the moment? Ah, uh, well, we have some lead gen websites, so we get some revenue from those, and then we have a few other websites that um, give us like we get some um, ad revenue as well from. So your your freelance your freelance work then so is that what 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 are you are you working for clients are you just doing what what does that look like Yeah we so we have a few clients that we do web design for Okay Yep And then Excellent. our business is more like our lead gen business And your the website you've got at the moment is the travellinghousesitters.com.au is that right Uh it's the travellinghousesitters.com com and is that just is that like your your online resume for for people to to find out more about you when you when they before they book you for for jobs or yeah we kind of use that because we're on a few different housing platforms 
and your Arab user kind of on each one, we use that to kind of collate them all in one place so we can send the homeowner a link saying if you want to check out all our reviews, they're here. And it kind of gives them a, a good way to see who we are. And like Jay said earlier, it is a way for people to contact us off the platforms as well. How Jay got the one in uh, the Caribbean. So what's the, what's the plans going forward? Do you guys make a list of the places you want to travel to and then try and, try and match up house sitters? Or do you, does it, do you just take, take what comes? Oh, I think we, we usually try and decide where we want to go and then look for house sits in that area. I think Jay's one's a bit different. I'm going to head over to uh, the Caribbean in March and we're either going to head down to Colombia or up to Mexico. I know there's, we know there's a lot of opportunities in Mexico with uh, Americans having second houses down there. So that's kind of our plan for the rest of the year, explore that kind of part of the world. Any, um, any, any tips, like I know I asked you before about getting started, but for any tips you've found for people wanting to, to reach out or to, to maybe try and secure... Besides having reviews, is there anything that you would recommend on how best to approach it? I think you can like a, get a police check. That okay. kind of gives a homeowner a lot of reassurance as well. But on our site, we have um, t- like 10 of our top tips that we give to people because we have lots of friends and family always asking about what we think that they should be doing to start house sitting. So we've kind of we've put together a course for people who are interested. Right. If you are interested, you can find it on our website. And that's super comprehensive. It kind of goes through really in depth of how to build a great profile, how to get all the references, how to find references in place. Like even when you think you don't have any references, there's, there's places out there you can get them from. And we've just kind of got a whole A to Z of how to start house setting on there if anyone's interested. I'll definitely definitely link that up in the show notes below um, because I'm sure there'd be a lot of people um, interested in doing that. And, uh, and we also have, a, we have another section on there as well because a lot of people do ask us, like yourself, how we earn on the road. So yep. we kind of put a few places in there because they say, oh, I can't move around and I don't know how to make any money. And we say, well, these are the places that we, when we started out, we went to in that town, we kind of got started earning on the road as well. So we've got yep. a section on there for people. That'd be, yeah, that'd be really helpful to, to share. Before we get in, before we start to, to wrap this up, any other um, words of wisdom or, or tips for anyone that listening to this that just thinks it's the best way to travel and want to just just want to do it i think jump into it probably the best way you're ever going to travel yeah yeah Yeah, very easily the best way that i've ever traveled before and yeah it's just opened up places that you'd never would have thought before like (laughs) yeah you get to see like a completely different side of anywhere that you go just because you can be there for so long and not be you're stressed out trying to see all the top attractions. Yeah. Like if, if you like the sound of a slower or like enjoyable way of traveling or seeing somewhere, like this is definitely something that you want to get into. Yeah. No, it sounds, sounds awesome. I think Jay said once, it's, it's slow food and travel because he said, I get time to find all the best bakeries, all the best markets and all the best wineries. <laughs> no, I think, I think as, as we said before, like it's just a whole different, whole different experience than going to somewhere for two weeks, either sitting on the beach and doing nothing or doing the complete opposite of trying to cram everything possible into your two-week holiday and then coming back home feeling exhausted and then having to go back to work. And, and Yeah, so you almost need a, like a holiday after being on holiday yeah. to kind of catch up before yeah. you go back to work. Yeah, definitely. And if, you, get- do, if you do use it as a holiday, 
it is a lot it is a lot more relaxing sometimes because you do have rather than being in a hotel you are in more of a not in, in a neighborhood and you have your access to a kitchen you've got your laundry facilities it does make it a holiday a lot more relaxing we think i i guess one one final question around that it would do you have a, a kind of a set routine that you go through like obviously you're still you're still working so you, i said you're not not sitting on a beach drinking cocktails while you're house sitting but do you have a set kind of schedule that you stick to work-wise or is it pretty pretty loose Uh, well, at the moment in Melbourne, it's 38 degrees. So I was up really early this morning, get started. I usually get started early. If I have dogs, take them out for an early walk and then work for the day and then I'll head down the beach later. So kind of change, depending on where we are, kind of change it up. Yeah. Where about in Melbourne are you at the moment? Um, in Williamstown. Okay. So right in front of the surf beach, which is quite, well, not quite a surf, but right in front of the surf club. <laughs> Anything else to add on your side, Jay? Um, my daily routine at the moment, um, it's like around kind of 30, mid-30s most days. So I'll get up super early, like go for a kayak or go for a run and then come back and work before it gets too hot. Yeah. And then like about midday or just after midday, like I'll go out and go snorkeling or kind of do something around the area till it cools down a bit. And then like I do a lot of work at night time as well. So it does, like our schedules and everything do change a lot depending on the area, but yeah, you kind of have to make the most of where you are while you're here and then yeah. kind of fit working around, you know, when when it's not prime time to be out here. Now, as I've said, we do like to ask some money questions to all of our all of our guests. I know that money can be a bit taboo, so feel free to pass on, on any of these questions that you don't feel comfortable answering. The The first one I've got for you is, Obviously, you're in. You you both. Um, you say in your in your thirties, so you've been through been through the twenties. So I'm curious to know: has your beliefs or behaviours about money changed as you've got older? And if so, how? I would say a hundred percent. When well, I think when we're both living ski seasons, we would just go out, drink, spend money on anything and everything. We'll because we would be in a place for six months, so we'd acquire a lot of stuff. But I think once we kind of, we both, the last two or three years when we started our business, so then we really started to tighten our belts and really save a lot more. Okay. How, how about you, Jay? <laughs> yeah, I'd say like, my spending habits have definitely changed. Um, like, um, I spend money on, like... You know, when we're going somewhere, we'll go out somewhere and you know try the local food and everything. But like, we really enjoy cooking and you know don't sort of waste money on takeout or anything like that anymore. Yeah, which years ago definitely used to do. But yeah, I'd say a lot more, a lot more cautious of what we do spend money on. It's a lot more aimed at saving now rather than you know you get paid, you spend it, you get paid. What do you each know about money and and finances now that you wish you'd been taught earlier on in life? Compound interest. <laughs> great, great answer. That's exactly what I was looking for. Uh, we both we both acquired um, into Warren Buffett's kind of ethos of investing. So I wish I had known about that a long time ago. That value investing, and we're kind of moving into that space a lot more and learning all about it. 
But I wish I had known about that back maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would have been nice to have that last 10 years of compounding. Yep. <laughs> oh, we've all seen the graph. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything, on, anything on your side, Jay? I'd say I wish I found the Barefoot Investors books um, a lot earlier than I did. Yep. yep. Those, those books completely kind of changed the way that you think and kind of look at money because we didn't learn anything like that in school or anything like that. So, yeah, lear- learning everything in his book a lot earlier would have been amazing. And so you're, you're from New Zealand, is that, that right, Jay? Yes. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, obviously The Barefoot Investor, it's an Australian book. Most, most people have read it here. Is it quite, uh, obviously there'd be a few changes, but pretty relatable from, from a New Zealand standpoint as well? Yeah, like aside from sort of like all the bank accounts and all that kind of stuff that he talks about, everything, you know, you pick up some really good tips through there and, yeah, everything, you know, you can put into practice everything that he's saying, really, like yeah. one way or another, or it just changes you know, the way that you think about things. And yeah. Maybe super, Jay? You've obviously got the, is it, is it, is it NZ? What are they, Kiwi Saver over there? Yeah, so it works pretty much the same like you and your um your employer add in every week and you can add in you know more if you want to so yes yeah, yeah. essentially exactly the same yeah cool but you can withdraw can't you from that um you can if you're buying a house you can or they did let you if you were out of the country for more than five years but i think the law has recently changed on that and you can only withdraw now if you're buying a house okay so tomorrow you wake up, we might split this because you're a couple. Tomorrow you wake up and you've each won a million dollars. What's the first thing you do and what's the first thing you buy? Brittany? I get a financial planner. <laughs> <laughs> we, cost, we, we're not, we don't cost a million dollars. We can do it for a lot cheaper than that. <laughs> buy oh my goodness a plane ticket to cj good, good answer good answer That's, how do i how do i send my answer after that yeah yeah, yeah. you've got no choice no, you can't get a new bullet sent to the island <laughs> the first thing i'll buy is a plane ticket to australia see brit just she's in the caribbean you're going to miss each other <laughs> um the, ne- the next one I've got for you, which would be the final one, is what does money mean to you? I think it means freedom. If you can, if you can sort out, design your lifestyle like we have, you can create freedom for yourself. I think if you invest right, you can kind of make a life that will eventually leave, let, you live, let, let you live the way you want to. Great answer. And I'd, I'd say, like, it's the most important thing, but it's also not everything. Like, you obviously need money for everything, but it shouldn't be, you know, like, the main focus. Like, you can... Like, with house sitting, like, money isn't our focus. It's just because we love doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, thank you both for, for being on the podcast. It's been very, very interesting. Um, I, love, I love hearing, obviously, things about travel, but also such an awesome way to to save money 
um, and and travel and see the world at the same time. Any um, any final final words of wisdom for, for the listeners before I let you go? I think that not only if you want to travel the world, house sitting is perfect if you want to save for a home and you don't live with your parents. <laughs> I've had a few friends say that to me. They go, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. I don't have to live at home anymore and I can afford a house. <laughs> I think actually, I know, I know I said we're going to wrap that up, but wrap it up, but that is something we probably didn't spend too much time on, yeah. the fact that you have been able to, to do that in your home um, in your home city. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that puts a lot of people off. They go, oh, yeah, but you're constantly travelling. And I say to them, well, we did spend a year in Melbourne and you can do it at home. You don't have to be always on the go. So when, when you did that in, in Melbourne, how many times, like, went, how long was each stint or each job that you had? Uh, well, we were quite, I thought it might be quite because we were here from February until the following February. And I thought winter might be quite hard to get houses, but, we, find, we found a lot of people would be going to Europe for a month or two, kind of escaping the Australian winter. Yep. So it was kind of it was quite easy over winter here, just kind of line them up back to back. And how many how many different jobs do you think you did or house sits you did? I, we had all long ones, so they were all at least um, at least a month, and I think one was at two and a half months. I think that is a, re- a really good point to to, to make that you can essentially live rent-free and you'd still be just doing your normal. You don't have to be working online. You don't have to be travelling. You can yeah. stay there and, and work your regular job. Yeah, maybe you still want to live at home or you don't want to have – some people don't want to have roommates. No, that's a, that's a really good point. And if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where, where's the best place to send them? Uh, you can find us at www.thetravellinghousesitters.com. And then we're also on Instagram, which Jay is always posting really cute pictures of the cat on the catamaran. <laughs> so if you like seeing a bit of um, boats and boat pictures in the caravan, definitely check that out. Jay, what's the Instagram? Um, it's just at the Travelling House Sitters. All right. Well, I'll be sure to, to link those all up in below so people can reach out and follow follow your adventures. Where um, where's to where's to next after the Caribbean for you guys? Ooh. Um, I question. think either, Mexico? <laughs> uh, either Mexico or somewhere in South America. We've been learning Spanish. <laughs> somewhere, you, somewhere in that area. Have you got a list that you're, you're working, working off of, of places you want to travel? Like bucket I list? Think, or, we've always said Mexico for a long time. Do you have a? I don't, I don't have a bucket list. I don't know if you do, Jay. No, I, I don't really have like a physical bucket list, but I, I definitely know like whereabouts that I want to go. It's more or yeah. less everywhere, but <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's a lot easier to say like I'm in the Caribbean now, so to kind of explore places around this area because you know plane tickets are cheaper if you stay in an area, and yeah, like it's good to you know, knock off places that are close, I guess. Yeah, definitely. How many um how many countries have you travelled to? What's the number? Um, I don't know a total, but I know last year I did, it was 19 last year. I don't have a clue about the total. Well, thank you very much for the podcast. Much appreciate it. Nice to meet you both. Thanks for having us. No um, problem. It was awesome to have a chat with you. Good luck on your, good luck on your travels. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Than Money. I hope you really enjoyed that episode with Britt and Jay. Pretty cool story for anyone that is interested in finding out more about them. Be sure to head over to their website, which you can find in the links below, which is the Traveling House Sitters, all spelt out, 
www.brit.com. And as Brit's mentioned a few times in this episode, they do have a lot of information on their website about how you can get started becoming a traveling or becoming a house sitter yourself or a pet sitter yourself. They do have a, a course on their website, which takes you through the entire process, start to finish of how you can get it set up, how you can get reviews and how you can start getting different assignments to start house sitting or pet sitting for people. And as they both mentioned a few times throughout the episode, the the benefits of this are enormous. So whether you just want to go on a low cost holiday or low cost trip somewhere, whether you want to do this full time or whether you want to just stay in your own city and save up for a house deposit or try and get ahead financially, pay down some debt, that type of thing. So this is a perfect option or opportunity for you to do this thing where you can obviously save money on rent, potentially see, travel the world when we're allowed to, um, and the opportunities are, are pretty much endless. So be sure to head over to their website, follow them on Instagram to find out more about them and their awesome story. One final thing would be to head over to our Instagram, which you can find at more than money AU. Stay up to date with everything that's happening with the podcast. See you next week. If you've enjoyed this episode of More Than Money, make sure that you subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest episodes. And feel free to like, comment and share with a friend.